It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every day. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Five stars only, please. You can also follow us on Spotify, the Odyssey app, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and wherever you listen to the show. And please be sure to follow me on Twitter for all Carolina Panthers updates and also typically on Fridays. Since the Panthers won't play again on Thursday night football the rest of the year, we'll be doing our weekly Friday mailbag. So get those questions in by following me on Twitter at Julian Council, either at me or DM me your questions. If you have them now for next Friday, go ahead and get those in. I might even answer them a little bit before Friday, considering we didn't do the mailbag. And it will be a little bit different next week, at least starting off, because we don't have a Sunday game for the Carolina Panthers. Tonight's show... Or today's show, whenever you're listening, I am recording this directly after the game. Your Panthers are 3-0. Rejoice, celebrate, and pray that the injuries that they sustained tonight against the Texans in their 24-9 win will not impact the team moving forward. Now, certainly they will, but hopefully the impact won't be as severe as a lot of us think it possibly could be. A lot of things to take away from tonight's game. I'll get into it right now, and let's just go ahead and let's start off with Sam Darnold. We can get into the injuries in just a moment. Next week in Dallas will be even more interesting now that the Panthers are going to have some guys missing, which has aided the Panthers so far this season, but it doesn't matter. They're 3-0. That's all I care about. We said it last week when the Saints had all their issues. I hear you. It makes sense that that probably played a role, but 2-0 is 2-0. And doggone it, 
three and zero is three and zero. They haven't been three and zero since 2015, and we know what happened last time. They were three and zero. I ain't saying they're going to Super Bowl because they certainly haven't really played anybody so far this season. But we're gonna find out even more next Sunday against Dallas. Either way. Just be happy about what we've seen so far to start out the season. And be happy about what you've seen from the quarterback, Sam Darnold. Y'all been listening to the show since I took over in May. One of my first episodes was me talking about why it didn't make sense to me for the Carolina Panthers to trade for Sam Darnold. Didn't make sense. I didn't get it. Yeah, once they did it, I understood why they would do it. You put him in this offense with Joe Brady, who is this quarterback guru, this offensive genius, yada, yada, yada. So apparently that's what he's been dubbed to be. And Joe's had his moments of good and some moments of bad. I believe he'll be a head coach, but I understand the situation they brought him in here. Sam Darnold with Joe Brady, who Joe met Sam when he interviewed for the Jets job earlier this year. You also think about Christian McCaffrey. Last time he was healthy. 1,000 yards receiving, 1,000 yards rushing, only happened three times in the NFL, the best running back in the league. You also add in DJ Moore, one of the most underrated receivers in the National Football League coming off a 1,000-yard receiving seasons in back-to-back years. Robbie Anderson had a career year, and we got to get into Robbie Anderson because where on earth has he been in the first three games after getting the bag? That's a conversation we might not have today, but we'll certainly have it at some point here in the coming days before next week's game in Dallas. My mother always taught me to give credit when credit's due. And I have nothing else but to give credit right now for Sam Darnold. He was terrific in the second half. First half, things weren't all that great once Chris McCaffrey went down with that hamstring injury. Week one was fantastic in the first half when he was blowing out the Jets. Disappeared largely that offense did in the second half. Last week against the Saints was largely the same thing where Sam Darnold, I think, is like leading the NFL in passing yards in the, in the first half or something like that. He was great in the first half against the Saints. Offense, again, disappeared. Kind of did a little bit of reverse there. The way he played in the second half, particularly that first drive where the Panthers needed to go out there and make a statement. I don't understand why David Kelly decided that he wasn't going to go for it there on fourth down in plus territory. Yes, they're kind of close to the four, their own 50 right there in the 40 in no man's land. Why not go for it? try and put pressure on the Panthers after having momentum following the touchdown before the half. You're at home, Thursday night football, what do you have to lose? Rookie quarterback making his debut, at least as a starter, against a very aggressive Panthers defense. Okay, didn't do it. That gave the Panthers an opportunity to go 90 yards down the field where Sam Darnold was fantastic on that drive. They salted the game away by trusting in Sam Darnold. Without McCaffrey, I have put out there on Twitter, we're going to find out a lot about Sam Darnold and his ability to operate in this offense without Christian McCaffrey. We saw last year when Teddy Bridgewater had to play 13 games, I guess, well, 12 really, 12 games without Christian McCaffrey, what he looked like in this system without those guys. So without Christian McCaffrey. And early on this season, week one especially, nine targets to Christian McCaffrey, five last week. He has looked great, Christian has, out of the backfield. He's also been that safety valve for Sam Darnold. What would Sam look like without Christian McCaffrey? Well, we saw tonight, overall, he looked pretty darn good without Christian McCaffrey. And that's not to say that he doesn't need him, because he certainly does. But 23 for 34, for 304 yards, back-to-back 300-yard passing games for Sam Darnold, two rushing touchdowns, 
tonight. Like the dude has some wheels. We saw the 30-yard run in the second half that got brought back on a on a uh, holding call. The guy can run. You go back to last year, Thursday Night Football, when he was playing with the Jets, he had a long touchdown run. He's an athlete. He can sling it, and he looked calm. I mean, not comfortable, because the offensive line was not great, particularly in the first half where they gave up three sacks, but he was calm. He was poised. He was confident. And Matt Rule said it best after the game. He showed some moxie. The man's got chutzpah. I have certainly been skeptical, and I still am, to be honest with you, because you look at it in totality, who they played, the Jets are trash, the Saints, there's some reasonable excuses for why they performed the way they did defensively, especially last week, not having Marshawn Lattimore, not having C.J. Gardner-Johnson, he'll get an opportunity later on the season to prove that it didn't even matter whether those guys were playing or not. And in the Texans, without their cornerback Mitchell, not having Justin Reed tonight, that certainly played a role, especially in the second half, when that secondary couldn't cover anybody. And Troy Aikman saying throughout the broadcast that the middle is wide open for the Panthers, and seemingly, whether it was Alex Erickson or D.J. Moore had a big night, or Terrace Marshall, Dan Arnold, didn't really see Robbie Anderson. They were wide open all night long. Sam Darnold showed me what I was hoping he would show me going into this season. They go out there to take care of the football. Granted, he did fumble twice. That's more on the offensive line than really on Sam Darnold, but he has to hold on to the football in the situations. Thankfully, it didn't come back to bite the Panthers in the ass. Kudos to Darnold for how he played in the second half. I like what I've seen from him next week when he faces a quarterback in Dak Prescott and that wide receiver core that are probably going to put up a decent amount of points on this defense, as good as the defense is. And we'll get into the secondary issues in a moment. Sam hasn't been asked to go down the field late in the game and win it for the Panthers. So that's a situation we certainly want to find out about him. He's done pretty well in the two-minute drill before the half, things that we did not see last year with Teddy Bridgewater. He also hasn't really faced that great of a defense. All that being said, let's not worry about what he hasn't faced or what he what hasn't done so far through the first three weeks. He's shown that he's more than capable of being a starting quarterback in this system and in the National Football League. There's plenty of questions that still remain of whether if they got to the playoffs in an NFC divisional game or a wild card or championship, if he can go out there and outduel the likes of Matthew Stafford, Russell Wilson, or probably should have said first, Tom Brady, um, Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. We'll find out one day, hopefully. But right now, I'm excited about what I've seen from Sam Donald so far. He certainly was one of these stories of tonight's game. Now, one of the other stories of the game tonight, as the Panthers are now 3-0, winning 24-9 against the Houston Texans, was the injury, particularly to Christian McCaffrey, uh, also to J.C. Horn, Justin Burris. All three of those, basically in that order, are something to watch as the Panthers move forward into this little mini-buy before facing off against the Dallas Cowboys next Sunday down there in Arlington, Texas. So we'll get into all that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. Oh, gosh, Bilt Bar, folks. I've been crushing these Bilt Bars lately. They sent me a box earlier this week. This chocolate cookie dough. Unbelievable. Bilt Bars are the best tasting protein bars, and they celebrate the freedom of choice like what we all have here in our beautiful country, the United States of America. And, of course, you know, a lot of you guys live here in the most beautiful state in the country, North Carolina, where our Carolina Panthers reside, and also a little bit in South Carolina. But either way, we're not going to talk about North Carolina versus South Carolina. We all love the Panthers. We all love Bilt Bar. And make sure 
that you go ahead and get your Built Bar as they have delicious flavors, including coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. There's something for everybody. And if you cannot make up your mind, you have the choice to get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. That's 18 Built Bars in one box. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're also healthy too. Most Built Bars have 17, 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar, and only four to five grams of net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 right now and you'll receive 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 at BuiltBar.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Oh, okay. God, I'm fired up right now. I feel like I'm talking a mile a minute. I'm trying to, like, slow down my heart rate. But, man, the Panthers are 3-0. and Let's go. Like, let's get fired up about that. But at what cost, though? That's the key question coming out of tonight's game. Sam Darnold looked fantastic. There's certainly plenty of questions still remaining on this roster. The defense is ridiculous. Four more sacks tonight. With four sacks... Nine more quarterback hits. That's 14 sacks and 30 quarterback hits through three games so far this season. I mean, what are you going to do? Who's going to challenge this defense? I'm sure Dak Prescott in Dallas, especially with the injuries we're about to get into. But this defense has been so good so far this season. Morgan Fox, that dude's everywhere. Son Reddick, another sack. Brian Burns, another sack. I love him. I love this defense. I love everything I've seen from Phil Snow. Got all the attention that he deserved the last couple days following that defensive performance against the Saints on Sunday. He, in my opinion, is the best coordinator on this team. And what he went out there and did again tonight by making a rookie quarterback's life hell. Now, when the Texans did go hurry up, the Panthers' defense was a little bit on their heels, but didn't matter. The third straight game so far this season, The Panthers were never seriously threatened at losing this game in the second half. Because that second possession, that first possession offensively, when they got the ball, they went right down the field. It was over. And when they kicked the field goal, which I thought was the right decision by Matt Rule, instead of going for it, especially after again in the first half when McCaffrey was out, being down there within the 10, and it's a fourth and short, and the offensive line could not get the job done. And the offensive line has a lot of issues. The sacks that they gave up today, they are 30th in the league coming into the night in pass block win rate, according to ESPN.com. They're 24th in run block win rate, which you see, especially the interior, it's not going to get it done. They have to be better in that situation, especially now that Christian McCaffrey is out for who knows how long. The only thing that we know is that McCaffrey pulled his hamstring, had a hamstring injury, in the first half, was out, went to the injury tent, and then they they said he was out right then and there in the second quarter, which is certainly shocking after last week. You saw him go out 
for two possessions in his second half to get IV because he was cramping in his calf. He said that's not the first time that's ever happened to him. We just weren't aware of it until we visibly saw it. And the Panthers reported it last week. I assume in the past, it's just happened during halftime. So that's one of the things that we didn't really have to know about because they just got it done during halftime to maintain that he's going to be healthy. And I'm sure a lot of you are out there thinking, see, that's why you don't give the man 59 touches in the first two weeks. And I'm sure that could be a valid point. I texted a former Carolina Panther tonight during the broadcast and asked him, do you believe that this has anything to do with his work rate? He thought that it was just kind of dumb luck that Christian McCaffrey went out there and he pulled his hamstring. Because I asked, can you blame a pulled hamstring on workload? He said, not really. He didn't go get overworked, in my opinion. I thought he just blew a tire trying to set up a move. That's one man's opinion. I'm not a doctor. I'm certainly sure there's plenty of Twitter doctors out there, and we'll get into the Twitter doctor quack here in just a second on his diagnosis, which was wrong. Um, But I'm not going to sit here and say that. I have no idea. It's unfortunate for Christian. I feel bad for Christian based off of what he dealt with last year with the ankle injury, which not his fault, the shoulder injury, which was not his fault. Now the groin was him working back because he's a hard-ass worker, wants to get back, help his team out last year late in the season, couldn't do it. Unfortunate. And with hamstrings, I've never, knock on wood, had to deal with a hamstring injury. I'm sure some of you guys out there listening to the podcast, and ladies, of course, have dealt with it. I know it's something that's a lingering thing that really you just need rest. You can't really do much about it. Hopefully that the next nine days before the game on Sunday against Dallas, next Sunday that is, that would be enough for him, but I'm prepared for Christian McCaffrey to be out for at least next week and maybe a short period of time, which means Chuba Hubbard's got to step up. This is why the Carolina Panthers brought him in. This is why I said he was one of my favorite draft picks by the Carolina Panthers. Even though I'm someone in the camp of, I want to see Christian McCaffrey touch the ball as much as possible when he's healthy based off of he's the best back in the league and they're paying him way too much damn money to be handing the ball to Chuba Hubbard and Royce Freeman instead. Chuba, 11 carries, 52 yards. That's 4.7 yards per carry. 14 was his long. I saw some people out there saying, I'll get Chuba out of the game. Let's see Royce Freeman. He stepped up. I don't know if he went to the sideline and saw the tweets, but he stepped up late in the game. I don't know long-term if you're really going to be super excited because there was two targets that he had that he missed. Sam Darnold didn't throw the best ball to Chuba Hubbard, but you get your hands on the football. You got to bring that in. Had three receptions for 27 yards. He's not going to give you what Christian McCaffrey gave you. And he's also not as good of a runner as we've seen behind that offensive line. Like Christian McCaffrey can maneuver and has that vision and the shiftiness, which makes him so good. But I think you can actually deal with this dude moving forward in a similar way that we saw last year with Mike Davis. He might not run as hard, but I think he's a little bit more versatile than Mike. I'm excited for the opportunity that Chuba Hubbard has here if he has to fill in for Christian McCaffrey. Now, I want Christian back as soon as possible, and when he's healthy, yeah, they're probably going to have to be careful with his workload just knowing how the hamstring injury works. So I guess I'm on your team in terms of workload now just based off of that. Now, other injuries, another significant one for the Panthers on Thursday evening in their victory against the Houston Texans was, of course, J.C. Horn, their first-round cornerback who broke his foot in the third quarter was a non-contact injury pro football doc on twitter this guy dr david chow google him used to be the former team doctor for the then san diego chargers this man is a quack he's been making a lot of money by tweeting out what his diagnoses are and a lot of times he's right he went out there and 
which is just dangerous in my, not dangerous, but it's just reckless in my opinion, was saying, oh, that looks like that's a, a blown Achilles for J.C. Horn. Well, the Panthers went out there, the people who were actually in the building, evaluating him and said, no, it's actually a broken foot. So please, Google Dr. David Chow, mute him on Twitter, block him on Twitter, ignore his dumb ass. Excuse my French there. I don't think I'm supposed to say that word on the Lockdown Panthers podcast, so please excuse me for saying that. I'm not going to edit it out. But either way, the dude's a moron and don't ignore and don't listen to him. J.C. Horn going out with that foot injury was not great, to say the least. Matt Rule said that it might be multiple breaks in his foot. There is no reason to think it's a list Frank, the same foot injury that Cam Newton dealt with back in 2019 that cost him the rest of the season after he hurt his foot in week three of the preseason in, in, in um, New England, excuse me, then did not look like the same Cam Newton week one against the Rams and week two against the Buccaneers as the Panthers start off 0-2 in that season before handing the reins over to Kyle Allen. Losing Jason Horn is going to be tough. Getting A.J. Boye back, it's perfect. Tonight, we thought he might be playing against his former team. He was inactive instead as the Panthers wanted to give him more time to recover from that soft tissue injury that he suffered back in the preseason and something that we really haven't talked a lot about because he hasn't been available due to the two-game PED suspension that he was having to serve following the four games he had to serve earlier or last season back when he was with the Denver Broncos. But getting Boye back next week, especially against Dallas, where they're going to throw out CeeDee Lamb, they're going to throw out uh, Michael Gallup and, of course, Amari Cooper. You're going to have to have three corners ready to go. And the Panthers were certainly positioned to be in a great position there with J.C. Horn and with Boye coming back and with Dante Jackson. But right now, J.C. is not going to play. And I don't. apparently the reports are that it m- might not be season-ending. But he ain't coming back next week. He ain't coming back the week after that. It's going to be a while. He's going on IR, certainly. Hopefully not season-ending IR. But he's not going to be back for the Carolina Panthers until... I'd imagine at least the second half of the season, depending on what the foot injury actually is. Again, I'm not a doctor. I just I don't see him coming back here anytime soon, which is going to make things a little bit difficult for the Panthers and their de- their pass defense moving forward. What's also going to impact the pass defense is Justin Burris, who apparently pulled his groin. He went out with that injury in the second half as well, as the Panthers had to go to Sam Franklin and Sean Chandler back there at safety, along with Jeremy Chin, where they already played Sean Chandler a ton. Uh, safety and Sam Franklin's mainly been a special teams guy so far in the first two games of the season. So now he's going to be called upon. And this was one of the areas I had concern about going to the season, the depth, what I saw in the preseason, especially what I've seen the first couple of weeks, especially last Sunday against the Saints out of Sean Chandler has made me feel pretty comfortable about what they have there in the secondary at safety. Although now I, I do have a little bit concerned just of depth based on if Burris is going to be out for a lengthy period of time. If he's not, then Things should be fine for the Carolina Panthers. Either way, three major injuries that the Carolina Panthers have to monitor. TJ Moore had limped off there in the second half, but he came back. He should be fine, I think. At least I haven't seen anything about him um, having any issues with his injury. But Chris McCaffrey, fingers crossed, pray, y'all, that he comes back. He's he's ready to go. Because this Carolina Panthers offense, as good as Sam Darnold looked tonight, you don't want him in a situation like he was in New York, which is not the same situation. The old line's still pretty bad uh but he has way more weapons and you saw what dj moore was for him and what he's been for him so far this season they have a great rapport and i I don't know where robbie is uh so far this season but you don't want a situation where sam darnold feels pressure to go out there and have to do it all by himself which he doesn't have to do he needs to go out there and play his role but his role becomes more magnified when you don't have a guy like chris mccaffrey there 
to help him out. So it's going to be on Sam Darnold, but it's not just on him. It's going to be on DJ Moore. It's going to be on the offensive line. It's going to be on Joe Brady, especially someone who's trying to become a head coaching candidate to go out there and be able to put this offense in a situation where they're still successful without Chris McCaffrey for however long he's going to be out, if he's going to be out at all. And defensively, you got to hope Boye comes back and he's the same guy that he was when he was back healthy with Houston and with Jacksonville. It does not look like the A.J. Boye you saw last season in Denver where he dealt with injuries and suspensions and when he was on the field wasn't all that effective in coverage for the Denver Broncos that have a fantastic defense. That, that's a key si- free agent signing. I love that signing. I love all the signings that they pretty much made in terms of the veterans that they picked up this past offseason. And the Panthers are going to have to see what their draft pick, Chuba Hubbard, their fourth rounder, looks like. They're going to have to see what their free agent signing at A.J. Boye looks like in hopes that they can continue the momentum as they are 3-0 and with a big win on Thursday Night Football. A costly one at that in terms of injuries against the Houston Texans, 24-9 on the road. We'll get into more of what we saw on Thursday night as the Panthers defeated the Houston Texans are now 3-0 here on Locked on Panthers in just a moment. All right, y'all, after two weeks of the NFL season, there's still time to make the most of it with a better way to create your custom pool at runyourpool.com through premier sports pool hosting service. Me and my buddies here in Charlotte, we got our own pool. We're throwing in money each week. We got the bragging rights, playing fantasy football, It's certainly fun, but going to run your pool and creating your own pool is awesome. Run Your Pool makes it ridiculously easy to run a football pool of friends, family, or office mates. They offer dozens of formats, including Survivor, Pick'em, Squares, Margin, Confidence Pools, 33, and more. Run Your Pool hosts formats for NFL and college football, which I got my own college football pool. Taking Alabama pretty much every week, even after last week. The the Tide, Roll Tide. Um, With one-week games, full-season playoffs, or the Super Bowl, Unlike other fantasy sports platforms, Run Your Pool has options and settings to make it your own. You can even brand your pool for your local business, bar, or restaurant, reconnect with friends, and join nearly 2 million football fans to make every game action-packed this season. It's not too late to start a pick'em or survivor pool for survivor leagues that have already lost. We also offer revival pools where you can restart your pool your pool at a discount. Week 2 is much stronger for the public. Who went 10 and 6 in Pick'em and only 10% of pools were knocked out in Survivor. Still, now that about third of Survivor pools are finished, the Revival pools are starting to pick five contests. is still open for folks to enter and win weekly prizes. Both the NBA and NHL are on the horizon with pools that can last all season long. Go ahead and get your Panthers pool going on right now. And the PGA Tour, you got the Ryder Cup this weekend. PGA Tour pools are an option with the Sanderson Farms Tournament starting next week. September 30th. So make sure to check out today and get $10 off at runyourpool.com slash locked on or use our promo code locked on at checkout anywhere, everywhere in the world. Run Your Pool helps friends and colleagues compete. Don't miss out. The NFL season is off to an exciting start. So go to runyourpool.com slash locked on and have your pool up and running in minutes. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on. We're back and we're better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on the field. To start another football season, as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. 
Don't forget to use promo code NFL100 from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. Okay, 3 0. 3-0, 3-0, 3-0. Oh, if you didn't know. 3-0. I'm happy about it. Certainly am. Uh, there's plenty of ways you can analyze it. There's plenty of ways you can try and diminish it. But the whole cliche is everyone in the NFL is hard to get. I guess. <laughs> Last Sunday didn't seem very hard to get. Tonight against the Texans didn't seem very hard to get. Even though you were sweating there for a minute when McCaffrey went down and when Horn went down and Burris went down. But Sam Darnold delivered there in the second half and then Week one against the Jets, they made it harder than it needed to be. But so far, the Carolina Panthers have not trailed for a single second this season. They were number one in DVOA coming into the week. The first time in franchise history that they've ever been top in the Football Outsiders Advanced Analytics um, format of trying to sell who the best team in the National Football League is. Now, as things progress throughout the season, they take into account who you played and who you beat and all that kind of stuff. Then they might drop the Panthers back. But after tonight, especially defensively, there's no reason to think the Carolina Panthers aren't still a contender, at least early on this season. We'll see moving forward. Like We talked about it a couple weeks ago after the win against the Jets that they played the same game they played where the offense largely was non-existent throughout that game, but they went out there and played well in the second half or second quarter, rather with the long touchdown pass to Robbie Anderson, the two minute drill and touchdown run on that beautiful draw design by Joe Brady. And also a great design by him again tonight in that first drive of the second half, getting the ball to Tommy Trimble. That's the kind of stuff I want to see from Joe Brady. So hat tip kudos to what Joe Brady did. Also hat tip to the refs at the end of that game where Sam Darnold was able to get his second rushing touchdown. And he was definitely stopped in terms of forward progress. I was sitting there like waiting for him to blow the whistle because I was like, oh, here we go again. We're going to have the offensive line can't get a push, and we're going to sit here on a fourth and goal and not be able to get the ball in, and the Texans are going to try and go 99 yards. Now, here's the thing. Even if they didn't get in, Texans were going 99 yards and converting it's a two-point conversion against Phil Snow in this defense. Come on. That ain't going to happen. There's, there's very few teams, I feel like right now, the way the Panthers have played, that are going to go down on this defense and do a, that, do a 99-yard drive. Like, the Saints couldn't do it last week. The Texans couldn't do it this week. And pff, the Jets, I mean, the only team that really driven the ball down the field on the Panthers so far this season. And we're not talking about, like, non-two-minute drill situations. Like, that's, that's basically been it, which is wild, considering how bad the Jets are likely going to be throughout the season and with their rookie quarterback and Zach Wilson. He showed a little bit of promise week one, and then week two wasn't great for him. So, you know, I mean, that situation, I'm happy the refs, you know, didn't blow the whistle. I thought it was wild there. There's also another situation where Hassan Redicky had that sack on Davis Mills as the Texans were driving. I think that's when they settled for that field goal that Joey Sly hit. And thank you, Joey Sly, for missing an extra point. We we knew you'd, you'd throw us one there tonight, and the Panthers win, of course. Uh, hope I honestly hope the best for Joey Sly, but we knew he was going to eventually miss an extra point, which is why he's no longer here in Carolina. Zane Gonzalez taking care of all his kicks tonight, which is positive, and he also had a couple touchbacks. But that Hassan Reddick, that sack that he had on Davis Mills, looking back at it, the, the replay, I am very surprised that the NFL refs did not 
throw a rough in the passer call because Hassan Reddick put all of his weight on Davis Mills and Troy Aikman was talking about, like, I'm surprised he's even getting up off of this hit. And that's exactly what they talk about that they don't want to see defensive players doing. And I'm happy it didn't happen. It just, you know, I want a little bit of consistency. The refs overall, like the pass interference, that first drive of the game, very clear pass interference. DJ Moore being interfered by Vernon Hargraves. Missed that call later on in the game. They throw pass interference. I think it was on Dante Jackson that they called it on. The ball's uncatchable. Like, when was the last time you saw them call or take away a PI for a ball being untouchable or uncatchable, rather? It doesn't make any sense at all. And especially there's a lot of times where they, they'll do it. The ball's out of bounds by three yards. There's no way. Unless it's like Nuke Hopkins or you're 6'10 and you're like, or, or Kevin Durant size, that you're going to be able to get up there and catch the football and stay in bounds with two feet. Maybe on Saturdays the ball might be technically catchable, but that was a terrible call. I, I'm not really a guy who like bags on the refs. Like they certainly they're out there trying to do a job, and this is these are the best refs in the world out here. And when it comes to uh, football, better than the ones you're going to see on Saturdays, better than the ones you're going to see on Fridays for sure, and better than the ones you're going to you're yelling at on Saturdays throughout the fall, early morning at your kids' pee wee game. Y'all y'all ought to calm down with that nonsense. But either way, the, the Panthers getting their win tonight. You got some calls against them. Got some calls that definitely went their way. Defensively looked fantastic. Sam Darnold, kudos to him. Next week in Dallas, we're gonna see. We're gonna see more. The Dallas defense is still not good. But they did only give up 17 points on Sunday to Justin Herbert and that Chargers offense and a home game for the Chargers. And they're not gonna have that Austin Eckler, Christian McCaffrey style back. It looks like I'm just. I'm just guessing. I don't know. We'll find out throughout the week. Christian's certainly going to do whatever he has to do rehab-wise. Hopefully be ready in nine days against Dallas. But we're, I'm going to expect right now, Chuba Hubbard, we'll see how things progress throughout the week. Um, they're going to have the receivers. Robbie Anderson's got to show up, man. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, it's just whether they got to try and scheme for him more often. But he has just been really you go back to the end of last season the second half of last season you want to blame it on Bridgewater you can but so far through the first three weeks outside of that one play I haven't seen Robbie in his first target of the night he dropped it so the Panthers extended him for a reason I'm not sitting here saying that oh that was a bad decision I thought when they drafted Terrace Marshall it was about to be a wrap here for Robbie Anderson but instead they kept him around and I, I appreciate that wanting to surround Sam with weapons and have that stability out wide with him and DJ and they certainly have cre- created a pretty good friendship and they're taking Terrace Marshall under their wings but Robbie Anderson's got to be better he cannot be non-existent particularly um or I guess especially whatever word moving forward um without Chris McCaffrey he's going to be injured and having to probably rely more on the passing game the run game has been not great so far, the last two weeks, the offensive line just, they've, again, they're so bad so far in pass block win rate, 30th coming into the night, and then run block win rate, 24th coming into the night. I'll get those updated stats here probably sometime next week as we look ahead to the Cowboys game uh, next Sunday. But secondary wise, it's probably my biggest concern going up against those wide receivers for the Cowboys and Dak Prescott, which is the first time. We talk about the things that Sam Darnold hasn't done, which we're not really going to focus on. We're just going to be happy about how he's played so far and understand that he's got to hold on to the football. There's been opportunities where he could have turned the football over a couple times. I mean, I go back to last week where he was really surveying the field and waiting for Dan Arnold to get across to the sideline, and that should have been picked up by Demario Davis, but it wasn't. That's one of the situations to throw the football away. But he's made a lot of good decisions. The two fumbles tonight, 
unfortunate, but they got the ball back, which is positive, and did not burn a Carolina Panthers. That would have been two situations where the Houston Texans would have been plus territory and might have been able to score. So if that goes a different way and the Texans get the ball, we might be talking about a different result and talking about Sam Darnold in a different light. But that's not the reality in the world that we live in. He played well, helped this team win, and really stepped up for the Carolina Panthers in the second half. And I'm proud of him. I'm happy for him. I'm not I mean, proud of him. Like, I'm not his dad. But I'm happy to see the guy come out here and play well so far in Carolina. And look, I, and, I've, and I've said, like, if, if Sam Ronald proves me wrong where I thought that we could definitely be talking about a new quarterback here next year, and that's still a possibility. It's only three weeks I've been saying I'm going to wait and see how things go after maybe nine, ten weeks. And I'm not, and maybe even earlier than that, depending on how he plays. But he's played well so far. He has left some things to be desired, like holding on to football, not fumbling, all that kind of stuff. But he hasn't thrown any, well, outside of the last week one, he hasn't really thrown any egregious interception down the field and made bonehead decisions. And the last week was just him trying to get it at the Chuba Hubbard. Should have just taken a sack. Either way, I've liked what I've seen for Sam Darnold so far. But next week, he's got a quarterback in Dak Prescott who I think is pretty darn good. You can have your opinion about Dak Prescott, and you can think maybe he's not that good. But Dak, that first Thursday night game, fantastic. Last Sunday against the Chargers, watched a little bit of that game. Looked pretty good. I like Dak Prescott. And there's a reason he got the bag down there in Dallas. It took a while for Jerry Jones and for the Cowboys to realize that they need to go out there and get him, especially after they saw what happened when they had to start Andy Dalton last year when Dak went down with that horrific leg injury. But he can play. And in the NFL, it's a quarterback league. People talk all the time about, well, last year, Josh Allen had a fantastic season. And there was a lot of talk going to that AFC title game about, oh, Josh Allen's on the same par with Patrick Mahomes. We found out that ain't the truth at all. And so far, the way he started the season, he's looked not good. Okay, he's looked very average. And he's kind of looked like the previous Josh Allen. not saying that Josh Allen is not any good anymore. I'm just saying what we've seen so far, and it's also not all that big of a deal. But looking at it, you have to have a quarterback at the end of the day, that's capable in these big-time games of going either at home or on the road and outdueling the top guy. Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't outduel Pat Mahomes. The only dude who's done it so far in Mahomes' career is Tom Brady. Who's the GOAT? Tom Brady went out there, threw inter- three interceptions last year in the NFC title game. Didn't matter. They were still able to win. That defense was fantastic for them in that win against the Green Bay Packers. But having to beat guys like Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford now, that is going to be the prerequisite if you want to be a team playing for the ultimate prize, the Lombardi Trophy. The Carolina Panthers, I don't know. I'm not ready to talk about going to SoFi Stadium in L.A. and that being a possibility. But if they want to be able to get to that level, then Sam Darnold is going to have to show it when they go up against teams that have big-time quarterbacks like a Dak Prescott next Sunday. So, like I thought the Saints might be next weekend, for damn sure against Dallas on the road at Jerry's World is going to be a litmus test, not only for Sam Darnold, but for this defense as they're going to have to face football. I put that in quotes, football adversity. Not real adversity because this is just a game, but football adversity by not potentially having Christian McCaffrey, not having J.C. Horn, and then who's, we'll see how things go with Justin Burris and then maybe potentially some of the injuries that might unfortunately pop up here over the next nine games. Until then, enjoy your weekend. Be happy about 3-0. Hope, pray, do whatever you got to do to hope and help Panther guys who went down, Panther players who went down, 
and make sure that they're going to be healthy or whatever the hell I just tried to say there. Just, you know, enjoy your weekend and let's all, you know, hope that they're going to be fine. And by the time they play the Dallas Cowboys next Sunday, the Panthers have a team that's healthy, that's rested, and that's ready to go as they're 3-0 and hoping to go to 4-0 and would be a big-time win against the Cowboys next Sunday. Oh, boy. Okay. I'm catching my breath. I'm done here. I appreciate y'all. It, this is fun. Honestly, I'm just very happy we're in season. I can't, I'm not going to lie to you. There are so many days during the offseason following the draft where I did not want to do this podcast. It's like, what the hell am I going to talk about? But now we're in the thick of things, and I'm seeing how many of you guys have latched on or listened to the show. I'm just very appreciative of the support, and I'm just happy to be able to have the platform to talk Carolina Panthers, my hometown team, the team I grew up going to watch, the team I followed all the way to Houston. Back there in 03 season, 04 playoffs, go watch them in that Super Bowl game. And so I'm just very happy and appreciative and humbled to have this opportunity to talk Carolina Panthers with you guys. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Please, if you can, make sure to rate, review, subscribe to Apple Podcasts. Give me five stars if you can. Make sure to also you can follow us on Spotify, Odyssey, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and wherever you listen to the show. Follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council. It's at Julian Council on Twitter. If you don't know my name, it's also there. In the uh, bio of the show, you can be able to find it there. So you can copy paste and go follow me on Twitter where I'll have Panther updates throughout the games. Um, and also just, you know, whatever I want to tweet about when it comes to my city of Charlotte and just whatever's going on sports-wise and in the world, whatever pops in my mind. So go ahead and do that. And also for Fridays, not this Friday, unfortunately, but next Friday, we'll be back for a weekly Friday mailbag here on Lockdown Panthers. Send me in your Carolina Panthers questions. Do you have any questions you want to ask me? Go ahead and do that. You can DM me. Don't get crazy in the DMs, though. Don't go nuts, but you can send me DM questions, and you can also just at me normally. We can do that. Your mailbag questions, so please get those in. Again, y'all, enjoy your weekend. It's like the only weekend we have, at least until December, with no Carolina Panthers game on Sunday. I'm always the dude that says, hey, the Panthers aren't playing well. They're bad. Go to the farmer's market. If they're off, go to the farmer's market. So it's a farmer's market Sunday here. In Charlotte, across Carolinas, and wherever you may be in the world. Again, thank you so much for listening to Locked On Panthers. Have a great weekend. I will talk to y'all on Monday. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.